play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. G'day, it is Maddie C. I am the obnoxious commissioner of this, the Astro League. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Astro League is, for anyone new to the podcast or anyone who is, you know, just have tuned in a few times, not so familiar, we used to be an American football team here in Canberra in the ACT, and over time, once the playing days finished, we became a wonderful fantasy football league that has evolved over time to become so competitive, so big, and we're a unicorn. Let me tell you why. We have got 16 teams. We've got weird scoring. Okay, so quarterbacks get a six-point passing touchdown. They also get a bonus point for 300 yards of passing. Receivers get a half a point per reception, plus a bonus for 100 yards of receiving. And running backs, or anyone who can run for 100 yards, also gets a bonus point. But we're also owned by 100% Australian players. Okay, I'm going to say, we are a mega unicorn. That might come up later. The show today, okay, got to cop some stuff. I am a man. I am just a man. I'm a father. I am a guy trying to hold down a sales job. I am trying to put out podcasts a bunch of times a week. I am a husband. And you know what? Occasionally I drop the ball. I dropped the ball on Taylor a couple of weeks ago when I left out his boldish prediction. I did it again. I did it again. Tay, I'm so sorry. Our segments are so much fun. But again, you had 3.30 a.m. gold when you were awake, delirious with your son in hospital. Here I am, 1 o'clock in the morning trying to edit a podcast before a six o'clock alarm and uh, yeah delirious me left out the whole boldish prediction segment let's get that in here and you know what before we talk to seahorse let's just fire it up come on tay give us your boldish predictions Boldish predictions this week. Yeah, man. It may be worse. Here we go. We'll find out. Basically, some breakouts. I've got a same game multi, and then I chucked in a team that's sort of doing the opposite of a breakout just to sort of go the other way. So, uh, my breakouts, I'm going with Tua after being benched last week. Uh, I think he wipes the floor with the Jets for 25-plus points. David Montgomery. So, I'm calling for the breakout against the terrible Packers run D. Uh, that's going to help Adam against Seahorse. So I've got him for 15 plus points. So I think he, uh, I think he Ooh. just tears that up, and they just, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with QB. I, I never really know. Even when you 100% know it's going to be Foles or Trubisky, you still really don't know what they're going to put out there. But apparently both of them are questionable this week. So God, they're going to have to find some garbage man off the, off the street, and he'll probably actually do a better job. So we'll wait and see there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. How's yeah. your arm? Are you okay? Maybe yeah. you can put your hat in the ring. <laughs> so here's my same game multi. Funnily enough, one helps Adam Ooh. and the other helps Seahorse, who are, of course, playing each other. I'm predicting the seesaw of Ronald Jones games falls back in his favor this week and he rushes for 80 plus yards. But in that same game, I think this is a complete Pat Mahomes breakout we've been waiting for. Bucks are great at defending the ground, so the Chiefs, I think, will shy away from the running game. And I think he balls out, and he has 450 yards passing. For the, This is my call for the best QB in the league. So I think he just goes nuts, and he just airs it out to everyone. Wow. 450. You've got to go bold with Mahomes when you're talking about him, so I'm going 450. You too? Goodness. Well, it doesn't get much more bold than 450 yards of passing versus 80 yards of rushing. Uh, yeah. that, that's pretty bold. Um, I, I like that. Stick your neck right out. And I love 
that that's that two is, sides yeah. of a matchup in our league where the West has just been mental. You've oh. lived in the West all year. Yeah, I don't need I've, to tell you. You know, I'm getting spikes in my asshole from bloody all those cactuses out at the West. It's absolutely <laughs> killing me. It's uh, I'll stick it. I'll just go with one last one here. So. I've been going some breakouts, so I'm going to throw one last one in there um, just so it isn't all breakouts. I'm going to say that the Bengals have less than 150 yards passing against the Giants, so be wary of Boyd, Higgins, Green, etc. I just think with Finley going in there, they're they're not going to be able to just pass like they did with Burrow, and even if they do, it's going to be awful. The Giants are actually really, really stout at defending the wide receiver position as it is, Uh, so I think they're going to have to go with a mix of Geo and P Ryan and whoever's whoever's there to try and rush, but um, I, I just really don't see great gains for these guys. So, I mean, some Higgins, you're probably not going to be able to pivot if you're Adam um, Green's on the wire. Um, I think it was it was uh, Ryan that had Boyd, so I'd be looking for other options if I could. Um, yeah. I know it's pretty tough, but I'm just saying that no. if they, if those guys put up a pretty shit week, I wouldn't be surprised. It's ordinary, isn't it? Because you you don't have to have a good week at quarterback to have one good receiver from that. Exactly. Good luck picking who it's going to be if there is a passing touchdown, and if they miraculously find 50 yards of receiving on the same in the same game and, and they're the one who catches the touchdown also, and that's a good game you know it's, you're probably in the run with 13, 14 points which yeah and yeah love, good luck at picking it yeah you have to how pick lucky it. Do you feel and um, that's why I'm sort of <laughs> saying that the idea is that the, the whole team will have one, less than 150 because even if you're getting that absolute breakout out of those three or someone else it's going to be like a touchdown in 60 yards like it's going to be your best case scenario for me here is like a 13 pointer which like you said you'd be happy with but yeah, yeah. good luck picking who it's going to be yeah, how lucky do you feel? Wow. All right. I don't know. Maybe I should buy myself a ticket in the big Why not? Yeah. See what I mean, the way, I'm, the way I've, I caught Why it not? last week, <laughs> I mean, some would say I'm due. Um, others would say play the hot hand and just keep going against Taylor. So it's, it, 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 I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it'll work for you. But um, yeah, thank, thank you and good luck, everyone. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Mate, now this is it. This is all about the seahorse. The seahorse, he comes in, he's the sheriff, he lays down law. You know what he does last week? He lays down law for chaos, and it comes. Let's talk to him about it, and we also want to talk to him a little bit about some bigger stuff, you know. Not everyone's in the playoffs. Not everyone who's on the edge of it will make it. What do we do to try and keep teams interested if you don't make the playoffs? Seahorse, shoot. Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have run Jeremy's side bone going for him there. <laughs> Your in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor Nailed, I've got to say. He's back. How's that? Terrific. You sound great. All right, cool. And you should be feeling great because last week you put out an official order in the City of Fantasy Football for chaos. Chaos, as much chaos as possible. And, I mean, you didn't get as much chaos as possible, but, mate, you got all you could handle. Well, that's a good start. I, I was disappointed more of the underdogs didn't get up. I would have loved to see the lead tighten up a bit. But, yeah, there's some great great matchups at the end of this week. It's um, going to lead up well to the playoffs. Well, I've, we were just talking about this off mic, and we are talking about it as it was happening through Monday, Tuesday as well. For my team 14 in the rankings one, team 15 in the rankings one, team 16 in the rankings, mate, if his opponent didn't have two players going to overtime, would have probably won that too. In terms of just generating some chaos, 
What more do you want? <laughs> uh, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I think most of my predictions were right. I've got a. I know I got a one or two wrong, but in general, it's starting to shape up to where I was thinking. Uh, the West is getting obviously getting a lot tighter in a different way, but we'll yeah. unpack that today. Well, do you want to start in your division? Have a quick look at how the playoff picture has changed. We'll do a quick sweep through the divisions on that because we've got another subject we want to cover too. Yeah, so the West, um, I, I won my matchup against Pete, but unfortunately mm. I, was, I was actually expecting Pete to, to pip me this week, but he just got unlucky with injuries yet again and yeah. I, I beat him. Um, I was looking there like I was going to, going to score 140 points at one stage and then that just didn't happen. So I still got out the win and still keeping my lead in points. Yep. Um, I, I was fully expecting Taylor to beat Adam at the, at the start and it was starting to look like that. And then just Adam kept his role yeah. and he, he ended up getting that win. So I'd almost say at this point, Taylor's not getting into the finals. It's highly unlikely at this point. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's a fantastic uh, four-win team and that his roster would be trouble in a 10-team league let alone in our format. So he's just been dramatically uh, it's that Going to the expected wins thing, like he's got a 1,145 points for. He's like yeah. third or fourth in point scoring. Like he's, he's right up there. Maybe not that high, but yeah. he's definitely way above average. He's just been in the worst possible um, division he could be this year. So his season's over and Pete's going to need to win against Taylor yeah. and against Adam. Uh, and, and he could do it. Uh, but he's going to need some help because he's just lost Mixon forever. Yeah. yeah, he's behind the eight ball in a few spots. Well, there, he's got to face Taylor this week. Um, obviously, must win. He's already projected to be behind Taylor. With Taylor's point scoring. Yeah. Pete needs some luck in a very unlucky season at the moment. Yeah, his season's going to start quickly ending, unfortunately. But he had an awesome run early on. He did. And you're his ticket. You beat Adam. Yeah. He keeps him alive for another minute. But he also, he's reliant yeah. on both results. He has to beat Taylor this week. The West might have cleared itself up. Yeah, I think so. The, I think the wild days, yeah, there'll be some wild moments. But really, I think the standings now aren't going to change too much moving forward. Fair enough. Well, let's go to one where the standings could change in half a heartbeat and head over to the North because that's been such a tight run thing because there's just so few wins in that one. But now TC pulls himself a win and about 40 points clear because he just got the best result possible with Tim losing. Yeah. Tim was the only other team in the division who was starting to threaten him with scoring. Uh, and he gets the best result with Cornhuskers knocking off the Canberra Crusaders last week. But TC's reward is playing the Cornhuskers. How, how unlucky is Jackal? Let's just start there. <laughs> that uh, points difference, what was it, 0.18 point difference in the end? Yeah, it was under two tenths of a point. Might have been point one four. In fact, it was tight. It, it was, was tight. ridiculous. Just, just a shout out to, to Jackal. He's had a bloody unlucky season too, but he, he kept chugging along. He's staying engaged. He's still trying to win every game he can. It's been unlucky. Yes. Can I say too? Happy birthday to Jackal losing like that on his birthday, and he has to lose to TC by less than a fraction of a point because the Squazmongers have both Aaron Rodgers play overtime. Complete one pass, which was enough to get the, the points. But also, yeah, Derek Henry scored the overtime touchdown to make that a game. Otherwise, Jack yep. would have just won it. He, he had two significant yep. bits of and, and TC's acknowledged that. If, if it was Agreed. you that uh, got that sort of win, I'd be sort of calling a bit dodginess. But 
I think just the luck swung <laughs> in TC's favour this time around, and he he usually loses those close matchups. So it's so tight. Each matchup's going to make a difference. And all it takes is TC to lose two, Ryan to win two, Ryan can take the top, Tim could win the next two, he could end up top still. Like it's, they've still got three people running for that spot. They're clearly not going to get a wild card spot. So not close. It's, three, it's going to be three into one. So Jackal can definitely play the spoiler over the next two weeks and get himself up to four and nine and wreck everyone else's hopes of playoff dreams. But they're also fairly even on team scoring. It's just that um, TC's got one extra win over the rest. I mean, I gamed this one out. This this is the scenario where you can have a six-win team make the playoffs, all right? So TC plays Ryan this week. He loses to Ryan. Okay, they're both six and six going into week 13. Tim might beat Jack or pull him up to five and seven, right? Then in the last week of the season, you get Tim versus Tony. And you get Ryan versus Jackal. Now, in that one, if Tim wins, he gets to six and seven, drops TC to six and seven. If Jackal pulls the upset against Cornhuskers, Cornhuskers drops to six and seven. Now you've got a three-way tie, six and seven. Tim and TC are less than 20 points apart in scoring. One of those might end up being able to sneak through. It takes a specific set of results, but you can have a three-way trule at six and seven and have a division winner from that. It's, it's definitely exciting in its own way. It's not my type <laughs> of excitement. I definitely like our Wild West shootouts, but nothing wrong. Yes. This is the tallest gnome. Which of you gnomes is the tallest? Yeah. <laughs> and is it impressive to be a tall gnome, or are you just a short person? <laughs> I usually like close actual NFL matchups. Like, I go for the Bears, so I'm not looking for high-scoring games. But fantasy <laughs> football is all about the shootout. Mate, in that one... I think this could also be summed up as soon as this week. If TC beats Ryan, so Squazmongers are head-to-head with the Cornhuskers this week, and if he wins that, he jumps to 7-5. and five. Now he has a two-game break on everybody with a game to go. Yeah, So it could go both ways. It could become completely exciting or it could be completely over. I completely agree with that. So we'll just wait to see what happens. Um, I think it's a close. It's a close projected total between TC and Ryan. Yeah, I could just go anywhere. Nothing in it. Nothing in it. So let's just wait and see what happens and enjoy the ride. Yeah, I think with that one, TC holds the keys, and we all know TC is a closer. So we should have absolute faith he's just going to win that one and yep. move on. And then he can <laughs> jump into the finals where we're all like eight and three teams scoring a ridiculous amount of points, and see how he goes. That's going to be fun to see who he gets in the playoffs. But here in the East. The door's closed. Uh, last week, we saw $10 Booker went into the week with a two-game lead. He needed either to win his matchup or see Gnomes lose to see that two-game lead either grow out to three or stay at two, but two-plus scoring. If either of those results happened, it was probably going to finish in that result, just you know that, that division going to Scuba and him being the first team to really actually officially stamp his passport. And he got both results. He won and, and Jerry lost. So in that instance now, we've got the first division decided. Really, there's not a lot of room for a... No, no I think, think that's just wrapped up. It's just wrapped up one week earlier than the North. And all they can do is sort of wreck party. Um, see if they can get some wins and drag Scuba's overall record down and finish on a high for them all and see what they can do. Yes, East Division, it is incumbent on you to not let Scuba get a bye week. Got it? Yep. Got it. That's what I'd be aiming for. 
Squeeze so, <laughs> some of that. I have a bit of a interest in this division, so I'm not sure I can have much bipartisan commentary on this one and, and be terribly objective. I'm going to let you talk about uh, the dirty stuff. south. The more the more that I see it, the more I'm convinced there's a conspiracy with the commissioner running things. Like, how can your team <laughs> be an eight and three team when you're like average scoring? And you've got such a rubbish team. I'll have you know I am below average scoring, James. I am. It just shouldn't be possible. But here you are, top of the division, eight and three. Those results last week with Joel Joel losing and Justin winning. Unfortunately, Mark didn't get the win over you. That would have been awesome. But yeah, yeah, you've got the one the one win lease. I think Justin's got 150 points scored on you. <laughs> If he gets if he gets winning, yeah. he's got top spot. Um, obviously, Joel's still got a good high scoring team as well that can can do it. So really, it's it's really going to come down to those matchups of if you get two losses in the next week, you have to face Justin and Joel. Yeah, so I know, <laughs> I know, James. I've been thinking about really, it. Really, you should end up this, at the end of the season as an eight and five team, but you've had. I wouldn't be surprised if things miraculously fall your way to end up as a 10 and 3 team. Where you're at, and depending on what Mark does, this is going to be a really tight finish. Justin and Joel on both seven wins each. Really, they need to, they both need to win the last two matches to, they can. Well, and they can because yep. they've faced each other. And this is like, you know, World Cup soccer pool play now where they've played each other now and because they're both seven and four, let's just call it a draw. And now, as long as they both beat their remaining chumps in their division, they both go through. For me, it would have been better to see Joel win, because at least I'm closer to him in scoring. But And it would have put a, a little bit more of a gap between me and Justin, who's got – he keeps me up at night, that guy, with all those points. And, and now, you know, they're clearly the best two teams in the division, and there isn't a lot of resistance between Mark and I. So it's really – can they beat themselves in the next two weeks? And that's my only win. And you've been able to, ha- you've had plenty of people do that each week for you. So <laughs> I, I, I still go with my prediction that Justin's just on a roll. He's got the team to just steamroll the rest of the division and end up top. So I think, I, I think he'll end up first. And then it'll just be a matter of you and um, Joel fighting it out for the second spot. Joel has the much better team, so it all it takes is one loss and you're, you're shot down to third. And then it really comes down yep. to um, what we're talking about with the Wild West of, you know, over the last few weeks of will you guys do enough to get a get three playoff spots and get two wild cards? It's good to hear you admitting that we're the division that should do that and not yours because you've been way up on your high horse about the West all year. And it's just good to hear you admit that now. No, no, actually, it's the South. It's the South, mate. Yeah, and, and, you know, in my heart... Well, I don't know. Is it just because <laughs> it's such a bad division that you can... We pretty much all outscore division. all of you guys, except for Justin. So I'm the only one outscoring Justin because he's second highest scorer. I've still got 100 points on him. Yeah. Apart from him, all, our, all the rest of my division outscores you guys. So... I would still throw it out there. Have you guys just had soft targets? And is it just purely because Carabao Kings keep getting these lucky wins more than anything? <laughs> that is entirely. We know that. We know that. Okay. <laughs> so we know. It's going to be some good matchups. South is very much alive. 
South is very much alive. And just in terms of the overall too, I'll, I will bring this up because I know someone else will if I don't. I, in fact, have the least points scored against me all season, but second least points against this year, Adam. Third least points against this year, Scuba. So any stone you throw at me, just remember who you're else well, you're from. Well, it's easy to have not much points against you when you're playing against the Carabao Kings and score bugger all points. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's played me, I haven't put up a lot of resistance. Have I? I think I had one week where I had about 140 and the rest has just been kind of watching people trip over and me just Stephen Bradbury it. And uh, anyone who's a foreign listener to who doesn't get the Stephen Bradbury reference, I urge you to look it up because that guy wins an Olympic gold medal in the most amazing way. Uh, Google well, it up. Well, even better, you, you'll chuck it up on your on Instagram and Facebook at Astro League Podcast and you can view it on our social media. I absolutely will now. That's a great idea. Thanks, um, all about the great ideas. So I guess from here, we saw that the playoffs are starting to sort of settle itself out. We know there's a few spots yep. in play, but... Now what? Yeah, so at the moment, we've got six teams now who probably legitimately don't have a great chance or are mathematically out. So it means that if you're not part of the 10 who've got a scarce to good chance, then then what do you do with yourself? Because, you know, there's still five weeks to go. And, and you and I were sort of talking about, well, you know, we probably need to start working on how do we keep these guys engaged. The way that we've run it in the past is, Okay, so those guys, the website generates head-to-head matchups, but for the purposes of our league, I have always taken where everyone who doesn't make the playoffs is at week 13, and that is the order in which they go into the draft lottery. And then the six teams who are left duke it out, and they get in order of where they get knocked out. Surely we can find a way to keep the other guys, you know, a bit more interested and find, find something for them to be working towards in those those last few weeks once they know that they're knocked out of playoff contention. Surely, so surely we without, can. Without us going down the theor- theoretical road of discussing what overall measures we could do, let's let's talk about, yeah. let's say if I was in Jackal's position, because I played a fair bit of fantasy oh. football. I've had records like that before. So what what could we actually do? If I'm like 13, 14, 15, 16, what would I, what, what would I be looking to do in the last couple of weeks? I've been using this time to practice my trading techniques. We've got guys that are trying to solidify their um, their lineups for coming up to the trade deadline. There's people that want to trade. They want to set up their teams for the playoff runs. Perfect opportunity to go out and talk to people you haven't spoken about. Farm off your team. Learn what they gravitate to. What they you know what value they put on people. Perfect opportunity. It's a safe space to you. It doesn't matter if you. Decide, yeah, I'm getting rid of this really super awesome player and I'll get these two people. You're learning what people gravitate towards players, what positions, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, it's perfect time to start those conversations. I'd be going cold calling pretty much the rest, the 15 others that are doing this fantasy and go, my team's an open slabber. Let's talk a trade before the trade deadline finishes up and, and just learn a process that you can work with each individual of how you would approach a trade next season when you're starting afresh. Like that's probably the first thing I'd do. The second thing I'd do quickly now is, you know, if you're down the bottom, you've got the waiver priorities. I, I, I'd be an asshole and I'd go suck up any type of person that you would expect to score points in the next few weeks and in the playoffs. Grab the people. If you've got injured people that you thought might come back, chuck them on the way there. Grab someone you know that is going to score points so you suck points out of everyone else. Be, be that guy. 
the reason why, apart from causing a stir in the um, in the league, it keeps you active and looking at the waiver wires. Keeps you looking at how could I improve my team. Hey, if I hang hung on to, I don't know, as an example, maybe Kittle. Like if Pete was still hanging on to Kittle, he's not coming back. Chuck him out. Grab someone else that will score points. Who would you pick if you were still in the playoffs to improve your team? Still, still look at it that way. But you get the added advantage that you've basically taken out a player out of the pools for what another five weeks of our, our season. So yeah, um, exactly. that can still impact the league. A guy like me is desperate for one of those guys as well. So you know you're coming right at me. Yep. That's a kick to my balls, by the way. Anyone who's doing that, so uh, feel free to take a swing. Do it. <laughs> I, I think in general is what else I'd do is if I'm if I'm not getting the trades happening, I'd still reach out and talk to the other guys and just see what they're thinking, what they're doing in the lead up to the their playoff matches. What players are they looking for? What positions are they trying to improve? If they um, were to redo it again, who would they who would they rather have in some positions because again, you know, you're going to understand people's personalities and you can metagame it next year. And I think just generally keeping up with the, the matchups, who's playing who, what results need to go, which way keeps you invested in the league. Yeah. And, and to get really invested, I'd probably pick someone I'm going for to win the title and actually, and, and support that um, person like I did last year. Um, I can't remember who I picked, but there was someone I backed as a, I'd love to see them win. So I um, kept keeping up with them, kept seeing their results. Um, and that just gave me a little more investment than I normally would have. You might also pick someone you want to barrack against. So your clear obvious favourites, the Carabao Kings, obviously. <laughs> yes, everyone needs to You really don't want to see Maddie win, but yeah, I'm sure there's probably some people out there like Taylor that don't want to see me win, but Pick a pick a favorite and someone you want to hate, and it gives some narrative to the rest of the season. It can keep you active in the chat. Oh, I like that. Um, so it's hashtag Team Seagulls. Oh, it's all about the Olicon Space <laughs> Pirates. We all know that. <laughs> no, that has been so far. Look, I think that's a great thing too. I did this in the Keeper League for anyone who was in that last year that have seen me doing this late in the year, going and knocking on doors like yours, Seahorse, saying. How do you feel about your coming up matchup? Let's talk. I traded you at some point through the year. The guy who only turned out to be the number one receiver in all of fantasy, Michael Thomas. But I got a handsome haul because I took two of your early round picks the next year. And here we are in opposite positions. My team is all of a sudden looking pretty good in that league because I took guys who weren't as valuable to you for the moment, who I knew would be valuable to me later. I gave you the guys who are valuable in the moment to help you with the playoff run. And it turns out we both win. You got, went and got the title last year. And I'm feeling like I'm a real contender in that league. And that is, it's harder to do in a league where you don't have the crossover picks. But if you are going to be in the position where you do want to try and take as many points off other teams as possible, there are teams at the moment in that top seven or eight who would absolutely love to send you two guys who are worthy starters just to get a premium guy at one position. If you own Devante Adams, Kenny, uh, people are probably going to come and knock on your door and say, I'll give you a guy you can start for Devontae Adams and an upgrade somewhere else if you can give me Devontae Adams. Uh, and that is a way to approach. Uh, I've done this before. We say, how are you feeling about your matchup? Guy goes, oh, you know, I feel like I could be stronger here. Mate, I've got a top five guy at that position. If I gave you him, could I have these two guys? Even though I'm not in the playoff picture, my team gets improved. 
the guy who's in the playoff picture gets his team improved. It's a really lovely way to start a conversation where the person who you want to trade with tells you what's important to them and then you can start working. And them. especially like you take into account the guys trying to run into the playoffs. Like you look at me as an example of I've, I've got my spot. I can slightly improve my team that helps the playoffs. But in some ways too, the other angle you can take is I want to see more of the lower teams wreck chances of people like the Karabakh Kings. I, I, I'd love to see the market <laughs> amped up and wreck that division. Yeah, Jackal over in the north, etc. Brendan, like all of those guys just getting some more wins and get, seeing them stronger. It's also a good tactic to have for um for people that are either locked in the finals or trying to trying to get a position in the finals is easier easier competition to do some of the some of the hard yards for you as well. Yeah, so I think a guy like you is in a good position for that. I think a guy like Scuba is in a good position like that where either you have or you're just about to have your, your ticket stamped to the playoffs. Th- those are the sort of people who should be having the, hey, who's got a great player who's not going to make the playoffs that I could go and bother and, and try and make a good deal with to help improve their team to wreck my opponents in my division as well. In-division trades are great at this time of year. We just uh, had seen one between, it was Jackal and Squazmungus did a in-division trade at this point to help TC put a bit of a gap between him and Ryan. But also it helped it helped out Jackal because he got two really serviceable guys. Um, so TC gets stronger, Jackal gets stronger, and it's, it's mutually beneficial for both those guys, and it helps stir the pot. So have a look yep, within your exactly. division as well, guys. I suppose the question that comes up to me, I've never actually asked this in the chat. I don't know why I have. I haven't. But can we, when we do trade, are we able to trade future picks, even though we don't know necessarily what when our picks are locked in with the lottery and all that sort of stuff as well? But are picks on the trade agenda? Do you know, up until now, there haven't been. But... Gosh, in the spirit of uh, making things competitive and interesting, that would be a really good thing to poll in terms of, hey, would this be a rule change that you think would make the league more interesting for next year? And I think that would be a good subject to talk about in our next chat too is, well, what worked this year and what didn't? What ideas have we got that could make it spicy? So I guess your answer to that is no, you can't trade picks at the moment, but... Can't right now, but it's it's an idea to, to bring to the table. I think... So I think really like your leverage points are really that Keep your team alive. Still try and keep points. Just try and make it as strong as possible while you can trade and use the waiver wires. Even when the season's over for you, still like your team still scores points, even if it doesn't count for anything. Just keep focusing on how to build that big, bigger, t- better team when you're sort of stuck at this position. Safe space. You can't go any worse, can you? If you if you're a jackal, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're not going to you're not going to win two more games. Yeah. He put himself in a position with his trade, he could win both. You know, he has a team that's now a lot closer to the two teams he's got to play than it was before he played exactly. DC this so week. So, I, you know, I'd definitely go out there and fight for the higher record. Like, I'd love to see Jackal finish at 4-9. and nine. Like, anyone that's not in the playoffs, I'd love to see them get the last two wins so they, um, they're a bit stronger position at the end. So, keep fighting for it and just, just interact. Step up the interaction and just, just start thinking about next year. I think there's a lot to be said too for just reaching out to people you might not have talked to a lot before and get that familiarity with, with what's important to them because, yeah, I think it's an excellent point that it might not even be any fruit this year, but, gee, that's going to be easy to go and have a chat with that guy next year. Yeah, and it, and it just it'll step up next year more and more. Like the amount of engagement this year, there's been lots of people I've spoken to that I've never spoken to before 
it just makes the league more fun. We were already a unicorn, and this is just making us a mega unicorn. A mega unicorn? Oh, I love that. I'm going to wrap that into the intro of next week's episodes. <laughs> I'm just doing all, all the work for you. Wow. Seahorse way. Well, this is the thing. I, I hired a consultant for the league, and uh, then I turned him into a guest. So thanks for coming on, consultant, Sheriff. Oh, God, how many titles uh, have you I'm going to start sounding like Idi Amin at some point. <laughs> oh, jeepers. I didn't think we'd be talking Idi Amin when I got up this morning. Holy cow. <laughs> well, anyone not familiar for that reference, Maddie's going to chuck up a thing on the um, social media around what his, all his official titles were, and it'll start to make sense. But they're right up there with uh, all the Kim Jongs who had all their great titles as well, both the, the fellas from, from North well, Korea. They gave themselves some pretty amazing I, titles. I, I, I'm going to put it out there. I, I'm not a huge Idi Amin fan personally, but the, the one thing that always resonates with me is he got up in Ugandan Parliament and made it on the official record that he was the greatest uh, rugby union second rower ever to have played the game. So it's... He's the only one in Parliament <laughs> in internet, internationally that has that on the formal record, so it must be true. Well, you know, all that's missing is for you to run for Tasmanian Parliament and then you could level that. Yeah, but will it have the same effect? So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, Tasmania, Uganda, slightly yeah, different. Oh, probably equivalent on the world stage. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Just to cut a shot of Ugandans with their pickets yeah. and, you know, down with the seahorse. Why not? <laughs> And I'm going to stand with them. You've really panned me today. You've absolutely gone after me today. And, you know, I've sat here and I've silently taken it and chuckled away. But, mate, wow. Well, I just want to put I, it out there. This is the general vibe in the um, in the league. So I'm just saying what the people are saying or too afraid to say to the commissioner. <laughs> okay, he's the say, people's sheriff. I'm the people's sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> it's the people's sheriff. I'm all for the people. Bloody hell. Now I know what uh, I'm up against. <laughs> the, the, the legs on the conspiracy, they just keep growing. They keep running faster. <laughs> they do these last three weeks it's got a life of its own it's quite amazing Just keep it out there I've got my own yeah <laughs> you know, okay, okay. that's good to know I mean gee it's making these segments more and more well, interesting hope, isn't it hopefully <laughs> as the weeks get closer to the playoffs start getting some more interaction from the um, from the people and and throw out more questions let's get some more let's get some more spicy topics throw it out there what do you want us to cover yeah. What do you want to hear the seahorse talk about and ramble on and rant? Yeah, you've definitely got that guy who's angry sitting in his typewriter writing a letter to the editor about the uh, young hoodlums in his name. Well, got that vibe about you today. Yeah, look, <laughs> let, I may be young on paper, but as Mrs. likes to remind me, I'm a very old, I'm an old grumpy man. So use it, <laughs> utilize it. Another guy who was being drafted like he died too was. T.Y. Hilton, he's a good receiver. <laughs> he actually doesn't look great. Whole career has been defined by boom. Barkley. Or bust. Yeah. Or hurt. And to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. A huge F you to the vinegar stroke. Thank you to the Seahorse. That is fantastic. That actually might be the most useful episode we've produced in this entire run because it talks about so much strategy. Okay. If you're in the league for the championship or you're in the league to be a disruptor, that is all you needed to know. Now, we are done for the Saturday episode, but come back for Monday. I am going to preview the entire league. I'm going to go through all the implications of what could happen with each matchup and a little sneak peek into next week. Guess what? We're going to have Justin from the Jeers Pots come and join us next week, which is going to be so great because whether he wins or loses this week, 
he has got a super interesting slate in front of him about what could happen. He's never made the playoffs before, and gosh, there is almost no way he can't not make it, if you know what I mean. He's just got so much scoring, and there is just too much chance he's going to win one of these finishing games. And all of a sudden, we're going to have an absolutely brand new participant in the playoffs who's never been there before. Until then, I am Matty C. I am out of here. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. Hop on, leave any comments you can about what your league does for teams who are missing the playoffs or any strategy you might have as a team who misses the playoffs. I know that both Taylor and Seahorse would appreciate that. And I will see you on Monday. Thanks so much. Um, peace out. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C.